0: this morning, turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, we're going to look at the good seed this morning, Matthew chapter 13, we'll start our reading there in verse 1, excuse me, we'll just start it in verse 3. Matthew chapter 13 verse 3 And he spake many things unto them in parable saying, Behold a sower went forth to sow and when he sowed some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowl came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth. Forthwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him why speakest thou unto them in parables now a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning now look over in verse 18 with me if you would here's the answer hear ye therefore the parable of the soul when anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that's received the seed into stony places, the same is he that heareth the word, and Aon with joy, immediately with joy received it. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, by and by he is offended he also that receives seed among the thorns he is that heareth the word and careth of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful but he that receiveth seed unto the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it which also beareth fruit and bringeth fruit forth some hundred some sixty Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, and we thank you for your word, the preciousness of it. Lord, I pray that it's applied to our hearts this morning, that you feed us in your word. Lord, you move in our midst. I pray that heaven comes down. I pray that in the name of Christ, that Satan be barred from this place, that you use me as your instrument. I pray that I would be effortless this morning. I pray for your anointing. Lord, you bless us this morning with your presence. That's enough. Move upon us as only you can, and that's enough. Do something within us that we can't do within ourselves. And, Lord, we pray that we'll bring honor and glory to you in all things. It's in my Christ's name I ask it. Amen. I'm just narrow-minded enough on something, and I'm going to state this. I'm just narrow-minded enough, or you can say I'm just simple-minded enough that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Word. Now, you know, some may say, well, where are you getting that from? Well, John tells me that. I believe that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I believe any time the Word of God is attacked, you are attacking Jesus Christ himself. I take it that literal. And I believe that we as God's people need to get more narrow-minded. About the word, I believe we need to become more narrow-minded and more simple and just take the Word for what it is. Have you ever thought, have you ever wondered what happens to all the gospel messages that are preached around the world this morning? All those on Central uh, Time wonder what happens to all the messages that are being preached right now. What happens to all the seeds that are sown Preachers preach thousands of sermons weekly, thousands of books are written, thousands of songs are sung. What happens to all the messages of the gospel? What happens to them? In whatever method the word is presented, the gospel has been presented. So I ask, has the word of God today lost its power? Has the Word of God uh, not able to do what it had always has done? Has it lost its authority this morning? I'm going to answer that question. And it's given us this in the parable of the sword. Now there's some basic truths that we must understand before we can embark upon the study of the parable of the sword. First of all, the seed is the symbol of God's Word, which is Jesus Christ. You see, it didn't say seed that seed, plural that seed is no other than Jesus Christ himself the word that's what it's talking about here have you ever stopped to ask yourself why Jesus used a symbol for himself as the word of God and used the seed to do it some little bit of seed well he used seed some reasons. He used the seed as a symbol of the word of God which is himself because the seed has within it life. Has life in it. The smallest of all seeds contains life. Well do you know who put that life in the seed? The Father. God. There are many large plants that grow from a very small seed because in the smallest seed there is life. 1 Peter tells us this is the living Word of God. There is life in the Word. Men have written many wonderful books, but it doesn't matter how many are written or how many will ever be written. The books of man are dead. can't contain life. It's impossible. Inspired, infallible, God breathed word gives life because it contains life. I proclaim to you this morning that the book, the Bible that you have in front of you is alive because Christ is alive. Why did God use the seed as a symbol for the Word of God? Not only because it contains life, that it has life, but so many times the Word of God appears be small and insignificant just like a little old seed. But although the seed may look small it contains within it a great power. You study the Word of God and you will find that sometimes just a Something will happen in the heart when it's applied that will change the entire outlook that you have. Have you ever tried to have a flower garden? Now, if you think that you can lay plastic this spring and you'll never have to touch it again, you're wrong. You can put as much plastic down. You can spray as much weed killer as you want. But I can tell you, by the end of the summer, you're going to be picking weeds out of it. Why? Why? even pavement over things a crack come in concrete you'll see a seed sprout up and bring forth life many times the word of God looks small but there's power in the word when with the word of God God's people if we will use it the power of God will be demonstrated in our lives when it's applied to man's heart life will be given another reason God used the seed as a symbol of His Word. In the seed, it has the ability to produce fruit. It will produce more seed. You take an ear of corn. It was planted from one kernel, right? You take an ear of corn, it has several seeds on it, doesn't it? You can dry that seed out off one ear and plant an uh, entire garden with it. It produces Bible is the seed of God and it can be planted in the hearts of people and it will spring forth eternal life and influence lives upon lives now another reason uh, it is uh, because the seed in order for it to be effective you see the seed must be planted and you can't lay it out on your table and expect anything to happen so is the word of God a seed not planted will not reproduce itself seed not planted will not see life reproduced through it seed not planted will not produce any kind of power until it's planted so not only do we need to understand at the very start of the message this morning why Jesus Use the symbol of the seed as the word of God representing himself but also we must understand the symbol of the sower it's those who share the word now the original sower that primary sower is none other than Jesus Christ he's the first and foremost the final sword. God has given to you and God has given to me the opportunity and the privilege to be sowers of His Word. There's a third symbol that we need to understand, and it's not only that the seed symbolizes the Word of God and the sower symbolizes the sharers of the Word, but the soil symbolizes the heart in this passage of Scripture. The soil uh, soil is symbolized in this parable. uh, The sower symbolizes... thing I want us to see is the hearers of the word of God there was a group of uh, hearers in this passage of scripture and they heard the word of God and it's that first one that it talks about that it went across the wayside and the birds come, the fowls came and they uh, ate the seed that was laying there on the ground that's that first group of hearers what happened in that it never found the soil never penetrated into man's heart. There are millions upon uh, uh, millions of people today that have had the opportunity to be saved and you know what they've done with it? Rejected it. The foul came in, that great destroyer of man's heart, the hater of mankind, Satan, came in and he robbed that seed. He took that seed before it ever was applied to the heart. And they rejected it. The seed landed on stony Hard ground. These people are those who have heard the word of God and will not listen to it. That's the ones that have heard the word of God and they decided in their own heart they would believe what they wanted to believe and they would do what they wanted to do regardless of what the word says. They want no know part of it. about the Bible and it's a fact it's a snare minded to me again you will take all of God's word or he won't give you any of it you'll take all or none when it comes to the word of God take it or leave it and the great God of mercy today gives all of mankind freedom of choice to do with it what you will So many today take someone's idea of it and then Satan binds their eyes and uh, binds their hearts to the truth of God's holy word. They totally rejected it the first bunch. But I want you to see the second group of hearers here in verse 21. This is a very sad group of people. Look there with me in verse 20. Excuse me. But he that received the seed into stony places. The same is he that heareth the word, and immediately with joy received it, yet hath he not root himself. But dureth for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arises because the word by and by he is offended. What happens here is this symbolizes that person, this sad group of people stony ground. And he was immediately offended. Now he received it with joy. He was excited that he had received the word. He felt real good about it. Here is a man who hears the word of God and it's on shallow receiving that he took it. Now in Palestine, there's a a layer of limestone when we're reading this story from that time in uh, Jerusalem. In those areas there's a layer of limestone it's about an uh, inch under a lot of the soil there there's just a shallow thin layer of topsoil and any seed that falls on that type of ground it quickly roots itself because it's shallow ground and it shoots up real quick with blades but it has no deep roots and no deep roots means it's not going to be enough water and what happens then without water it's going to die the sun comes up, and uh, we all know that the sun is necessary for fruit uh, for uh, plants to grow. But if there's not enough root, it'll be destroyed. You see where Christ is carrying us with this? Now I will say this: Once redeemed, always redeemed. So you have to take this passage for what it's saying. Once saved, always saved. There's security in the believer, not because we are the ones that secure it. It's because it's in Jesus Christ through God's grace. You see, the sun comes up on this little seed. It barely took roots in that weak soil. The sun beams down on that plant. It does have the roots in the right place, and it kills them off. They're weathered up, and they burn up and it's destroyed and what kind of person is this that doesn't have the root in the right place well I tell you what I believe that there's a lot of them on the inactive list in the churches today it never was genuine it never was truly real what happens was they got all called up in emotions and emotions will not save the first person You can get all caught up in emotion and say, well, they come forward and they cried for two hours. That will not redeem you. They can say, well, they come up there and their face was just plain. They uh, looked like a stone monument. That doesn't mean nothing. It's Christ who saves. It's what took place in the heart of man through Jesus Christ. But you see, these people here, the soil wasn't. It never penetrated the soil, the heart. Just a little trouble comes along. Just a little bit of pressure. Just a little bit of difficulty hits their life and they're gone like the sun hitting a plant with no roots. You know who most time these people are? It's those that you have to walk around on eggshells with them, scared of what you're going to say because they'll quit coming to church if you say something. It's those that I've said before that gets mad because someone didn't eat all their potato salad. Just any little thing, any little excuse they're looking for, any little heat put on them, and they're gone. They're gone. So many of our churches, I fear, are torn apart by these exact know what kind of people are needed in a church? The kind of uh, people that are needed at Calvary Baptist Church. We need everyone, including myself, I mean every single person that wants to come into this fellowship of Calvary Baptist Church, we need those individuals to want to know God on a personal basis and to build and uplift and help advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. If you have any other agenda than that you need to get your heart right because i know what god's will is for each and every one of us and that's the agenda i I thank god for emotions don't get me wrong but you can't live on them alone these are the kind of people who are at the mercy of everything that comes along they get caught up in every little wind of false doctrine Or every little crowd that comes along. So the word of God can be heard. And there's times that it can be responded to immediately. But it has no deep roots. It's shallow. And it'll burn up when the sun hits it. Just a little pressure. A little heat. And it's gone. But then there's this third kind of soil. That is the ground that hears the word of God. And the seed is sown on it. But there's so many other things being sown there in that same ground until the seed is strangled out. That is to say that it strangles out the mind and the heart. It's not enough for the farmer, the gardener, to love the plants and to love the fruit. But you know, a gardener and a farmer has to hate the weeds. Notice that you don't have to sow weeds to have them. You don't have to sow weeds to have them, in there. that? They just sprang up. Look there with me in verse 22, and it says, He also that receiveth seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes Notice that the thorns choked out the seed. It wasn't the seed choking out the thorns. You see, this soil, uh, uh, this soil that the, uh, the word, the seed hit upon is a heart that's already been occupied. It's already full. It already has all the concerns about the things of the world. It has all the worries with the world. It wants to comply to all the systems and programs of the world. Their lives look like what I live like. All I'm looking for is what the world can do for me. The soul is the heart and it's preoccupied. The mind will hear the words but it will not be applied to the heart. There's too much going on to receive. how many people are spending a Christless eternity today in hell because they were consumed with their own lives and what the world thought. Well, that's that person right here. That's this person right here. Church things are godly things. That's what it's meant to be. And when they are godly things, they should take precedent over all worldly things. Listen, brothers and sisters in Christ, all the things of this world will fade away and are truly worthless at the end of life. They can make you feel good about yourself today, but tomorrow may not mean one thing to you. God's will for your life and my life is helping to prepare us for the true life after this one. Do you know that our life today is actually a dress rehearsal for heaven? You believe that? I believe we ought to live our lives today as if we are in dress rehearsal for meeting Jesus Christ face to face. A dress rehearsal. I wonder why we as God's children put so much stake in the things of this world and choose to place them in front verse 22 is talking about those who have placed worldly things over being saved I wonder today how many professing Christians truly have never experienced a new birth they just missed it the fourth kind of soul and the fourth kind of heart is that sound heart that stable, that hungry heart look there with me in verse 23 but he that receiveth seed unto the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit, bringeth fruit, some hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Did you see that? It's just not enough. first three souls that we talked about they never were saved, they had never experienced the new birth, they were never redeemed they heard it and didn't understand it they didn't receive it they didn't have time for it and would not accept it now you may say well preacher how do you know that they were not saved well the word of God tells me that Matthew chapter 7 verse 16 says that you will know them how? By their fruit. And I know those never produced any fruit. Because the Word of God says they didn't. If you truly hear and truly receive, you will bear If you truly receive today, the word of God is applied to your heart, you will bear fruit. If you truly accept it today, you will bear fruit. What is the evidence of the new birth? What is the evidence of being born again? What is the proof of being saved? What is the proof that stands there for the redeemed? Fruit, fruit, fruit. many will say to me that they've been saved but they never bore any fruit. Now by no means am I judging anyone but I'm going to tell you today there should be a conviction of the Holy Spirit come over us and we are fruit inspectors. We should be able to look for fruit in our brothers and sisters in Christ and should be able to find a little bit at least. At least 30%. Maybe even 60%. You will have no problem finding that 100% fruit bearer. They'll stick out to you. It's fruit. Never bear any fruit and always putting worldly things over godly things. Now, I will say this. God's people, the redeemed, are actually capable of not bearing. So what needs to happen in that if you're here today and you look over your life and say what am I doing for Jesus today if I were to stand face to face with Christ today would he say oh well, I'm proud of you for what you've done and if not you know what needs to happen God's children need to start weeding out some of those evil things in our lives we need to start handing them over to Christ God's people need to be bearing fruit I believe this passage of Scripture is teaching us that if a man or woman receives the Word of God into their heart and then that accepting Jesus Christ because He is the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to have His way within our lives, that child of God's heart, that person will be that 100-fold Christian. If you've heard the Word of God and it fell on stony ground, praise God there's still hope for stony ground. Praise God, there's still hope for not having any root system. Praise God, there's still hope for those who have allowed the world to strangle those things out. Praise God, there's still hope. There's still hope. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12 says, Break up your foul ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and reigns righteousness upon you. got to remember that the seed is perfect. It's not going to be the seed's fault. This bag of seed here—well, you know—you ever bought a big bag of seed and see what it says on it? You go—you go somewhere and buy a big bag of seed. It'll say, "Ah, two percent weeds." Not this one. No, this is a solid seed. It's just looking for the right soil. Pick. What have you done with Jesus today? If you were a child of God, how much fruit do you bear? You know, this world gets caught up in all these statistics and these polls that they put out. Well, I'm going to give you a pretty solid poll this morning. I'm going to give you a pretty solid statistic, and I actually believe this statistic because it comes from the Word of God. We see four different kinds of soil in Right? we got those that just say I'm not going to have anything to do I'm not wasting my time I'm not getting up on Sunday morning getting ready and going to church and my time with that. so let's just take that one out of the equation then we have three soils left here you have that that was, uh, that was not in good soil and the sun come up and it went away a little pressure Then you have that and it fell in there around the thorns and they they come up and engulfed it. They strangled out the seed. It never was applied to the heart. And then you have that and it fell on good ground. And it sprouted forth. That's one out of three, isn't it? Is that telling me that only one out of three people that say they've been redeemed Is that telling me that out of the whole scope of people that are in God's house today that only one-third of those people are redeemed? Boy, that's scary, isn't it? But now that's a God's statistic. If you ever take statistics, you can take this one. And then out of that whole number, so it's saying that if there were if there's a hundred people sitting there and the, the poll was taken, the survey was given, that out of a hundred people, only 33 of them are saved. That's what it says. And then out of that 33, you've got the 30 and the 60 and the 100 Christian in it. So that's telling me that there's not but 11 that are 100% sold out fruit bearers for Christ. God's. stand as I can today, and I can proclaim to you, not because of what I am, but I have been redeemed. I know the seed was given, and it was planted in the right soil in my heart. And although I may not show it, And if you have been, how much fruit do you bear? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you that you love us. We're thankful you're concerned. Lord, I'm thankful today that there's still hope. I'm thankful today that you're my blessed hope, and I know not what tomorrow holds for me. But I'm not to fear it. I don't have to fear what tomorrow may bring because I know who holds tomorrow. And Lord, I pray that I would be that 100% bearer of fruit. Lord, I can't do that on my own. It's going to take something way bigger than me to ever please you. And it's going to take the Holy Spirit, me and me, uh, adherent to your word and the moving and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. I you daily that I'll lay myself aside let you lead and let you guide Lord you move on us this morning and Lord if there's some weeding out that we need to do I pray that it be done this morning and if there be one here that's never had the word that's never had Christ Through the moving of God, the Holy Spirit, a conviction will come upon them this morning. And they'll choose.